Okay, so welcome to the 21 Minutes or Less podcast. Um, Today we have a special guest, Brittany, and she's actually the audience development at BT, and she actually has her own marketing agency called Curated Media. So can you first start off just telling us, you know, how it is working for a big production company? Sure. So... I'm the senior manager of audience development at BET, and I love what I do every day. Um, I love the people that I work with every day. I am surrounded by colleagues that really enjoy the work that they do and want to make an impact. Um, I think that is one of the best parts about working at BET. No, it's the best part about working at BET. And just on a day-to-day basis, my job there is to grow our audiences digitally. So that's a combination of digital marketing and using analytics to make decisions. And I'm really happy there in that position, um, just doing that type of work with people that I enjoy. Okay. So how would you say, like, you balance, you know, working for a really big production company and then also having your own business where you do marketing? Like, what's some of the, I guess, similarities and differences between, you know, starting up, being an entrepreneur, trying to build your own brand, and then working for an established brand? I think for me, what I learned was to run at my own pace. I think that lots of times people decide to be entrepreneurs and, you know, naturally look at people as models to follow. And I think what I did was take a couple of examples and make them work for me. I'm lucky where I come from an entrepreneurial family. So my father had his own business and my mom worked full-time and supported my father in all of his business endeavors. So it was like she had three jobs because she was a mom and a wife and she worked full-time and she also worked, you know, my dad's business. So I think that one of the key things that I've had to do was absolutely separate the two. And that has been hard. Just because, you know, when you have a full time that you enjoy, you do give it, you know, more than your standard eight hours a day. So and then when you're at a company at BET, like BET, where you always have to, especially digitally, you always have to know what's going on. You always have to be at the pulse of the culture. You always have to be able to pivot and make new decisions because media and entertainment are like that anyway. You know, I do think that I had to say, okay. You're going to have to slow down with your business, make sure it's solid. And also, I learned so many lessons. I think that's the blessing in having a full time and having your own business. You learn what to do, what not to do, the type of manager you want to be, the type of leader you want to be, the type of work you want to do. And I think that they work together, Curated Media and BET, and the fact that Whatever I feel is lacking in my full time, I'm able to bring to life in my own business, whether it be management styles or whether it be how you make an impact or the type of work we concentrate on. You know, I feel fulfilled in both aspects, having curated media as a part of my daily life. But it definitely was a struggle. It was a struggle. There there were times where I felt like, okay. I'm going to start a calendar and I'm going to make sure I block off time for curated media. And that time was quickly replaced with other things. So it takes a lot of determination and focus. But I think also you just want to do a good job. 
as much as you want to do an amazing job for, you know, another company and corporation, you want to do the same for your business. Got you. Definitely. And so you just talked a little bit about, you know, time management. Sometimes you block off time and might get replaced with something that's more pressing. How do you just manage your time well and actually make time for self-care or personal development in addition to both having a full time and a business? I think honestly, during this quarantine life that we've all been living, I was able to slow my brain down. My time didn't slow down, but my brain did. And I was able to really sit back and take a moment when I'm not working at a desk for 12 hours at my full time and spending two hours commuting a day back and forth and on the train and doing this event. You know, I was able to sit down and say, okay, we all have the same 24 hours. Am I happy with the way that I'm spending them? And when I took that assessment of myself, I realized I was not taking care of myself. And if I'm not taking care of myself, then it's very hard to be full and take care of other people, right? So what I found was I was kind of deflecting and I was using my time to deflect and not in a healthy way. I wasn't taking care of my body. I say this all the time. My body's been so good to me because I treated her like trash. You know, I have gotten barely any sleep for, you know, a consistent period of time. I have not, you know, just exercised and been healthy. I have not made the time to cook every day because I know that whatever I cook, one, tastes better than what I'm going to order, but also it's better for me. And somehow she's kept on ticking. So I think that during quarantine, you know, I've taken the time to, one, take care of her. I exercise. I dance a whole lot. I, you know, go walking with my friends. I invested in myself. I I have a trainer who is also a friend and is a Black business owner. So that was like a triple whammy, right? So that's definitely been a part of my self-care. Another part of my self-care, I'm in therapy and it helps. It doesn't just help with my day-to-day, but it helps with the planning of my future. You know, therapy is just where... For me, the person that I talk to every day is my biggest advocate. I spend a lot of time really caring about the people that mean something to me, which is great, but sometimes is at the expense of myself. And maybe even a deflection matter, you know? It's like, okay, I can really be working on this, but so-and-so really, really needs me. But that's, that's a burden that I placed on myself, not that that person placed on me, right? So... I was deflecting and not spending time and therapy just helped me, you know, make it about me. It's not bad to make life about you. It's your life. Right. So and that's one thing my therapist, you know, has definitely worked on me with boundaries, setting boundaries. It's not hard for me if it's with people that I don't care about, but people that I care about so hard. So therapy has definitely been a part of that self-care along with the, you know, physical exercising. And then Also, I would say, and this has helped my time management as well, instead of boilerplate giving people time and energy, I'm really focused on reciprocity. I think often when we think about reciprocity, we think about what we're getting in return. But for me, I had to twist it to what I'm giving in return. I think that sometimes, you know, we put these standard amounts of time and energy that we invest in people. Like, oh, I've known this person since kindergarten. So it doesn't matter what they want. You know, I'm dropping everything. And then you look and you say, well, 
this person that I've known since kindergarten, like hasn't checked in other than to call when they're in a crisis or they're not really making me feel good when I spend time with them. And instead of having this boilerplate energy and time giving that I've been doing, I've really been giving people what they've been giving me good and bad, you know, and actually not even a bad, just good. Right. So if someone is focused on my business and they're supporting my business and they're asking me about my business and then they're just asking me about my day or my family, then they should obviously get that in return. And what I found is when I give back what I get instead of just give, 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 it's been a better way to really control my time and take care of myself. It's been a form in self-care in itself, the reciprocity. Got you. And um, just kind of speaking on reciprocity, you said you had like a black business owner that's a friend, that's a trainer. Like how big on, are you on supporting one, your friends or people that, you know, like you said, people that might be feeding into you, but also just black businesses in general? Black businesses has always been a part of my life, you know, and I'm glad that now it's in another surgence of, you know, people being aware of where they're spending their money. But again, I come from an entrepreneurial family, right? So my dad and mom are Black business owners. So that's something that they've always taught me to place value in. I also, as a person, just really love, I don't know if it's because I'm a water sign, I'm a Scorpio, but like, I really love giving back to the people that give to me. So when my friends have businesses, I support them 100% in any way that I can. And I think it's important too, you know, to be real about what that support is and what it looks like or what it can look like, because not everybody has the means or the reason to maybe support you with the service that you offer, right? Like all my friends don't need marketing services. It's, let's just be real. They don't. But maybe they'll like, or maybe they'll share, or maybe they'll refer me to somebody that they know that is in need of marketing services, right? So I do the same. Mm -hmm. You know, when I need a trainer, I hired my friend John and pay him the money that I would pay somebody else when he's just as good, you know? Or I need a facial. One of my best friends has an spa. She's a master esthetician, right? So I'm going to pay her for my sugaring and my waxing and my facials and my eyelashes because it makes sense. And then when I don't have a friend that has this business, I know and I am referred to by so many Black business owners that have a service that they provide or a product they provide. One of my friends has, I'm really big on like hometown too, because I don't stay in New York as much. I'm sorry, stay in DC as much. I absolutely love to support mm -hmm. my DC black owned businesses. So again, my friend with my spa, she's in Maryland. I'll go and visit her every time I'm in town. And now that I've been in town, she's definitely of course my, my esthetician. Um, I have a friend who I went to high school with who has a candle company. I, as soon as I ran out of candles, I ordered so many from her and then sent her some more money and some more candles and was like, you actually should raise your prices. I think cooperative economics is so important. It's how we continue to grow our community. You know, you can't rely on outside people to provide funding and laws and protection. That's something that we have to give to each other from the inside. No one's going to care about us like we care about us. And it really can start on micro levels. If everyone invests in the community, 
before you know it, will be a full-fledged community that's able to recycle our money into our own neighborhoods. And so many other ethnic groups do that and they do it seamlessly. And there's no reason why we can't. I like that you brought that up because we often get like negative, you know, backlash saying that we don't stick together. But as you can see, especially with social media, we are able to connect with one another. We are able to support one another, you know, buy into each other's products and services. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, how do you just deal with self-development? I know as a person, we are on a journey of, you know, always learning, always trying to be better. So what do you do in regards to self-development? Again, I'm going to say therapy definitely helps. Um, But even before therapy, I did consider myself like a self-reflective person, trying to see where the areas of improvement are and how I can improve them. I know that for me, being a whole and complete person is more important than any other thing that I do. It's gonna, it's my biggest accomplishment. It's something that's never complete. So it's something I'm always, you know, working towards. And I honestly see everyday situations or everyday interactions and use them for my own personal and professional development, right? So if there's something that I see in somebody that I absolutely adore and want to adapt for myself, I really take that skill or that strength and try and figure out how I can make that my own, right? Like not emulate them, but, oh, okay, I see... Erica Pittman is a strong woman and she can walk in any room and be confident and she can deliver what needs to be delivered and she can take feedback and keep going, right? So I say, how can I take some of those traits? Also, I believe in what I call a loose mentorship. Right. So what I do instead of going and finding a mentor is that one, I definitely network laterally. Right. So I'm going to talk to coworkers and I'm going to talk to colleagues and I'm going to talk to other creatives and other entrepreneurs and other marketers. And I'm going to develop a network that's genuine people that I enjoy spending time with and enjoy learning from. I feel like when your circle are all people is full of people that you can find really great qualities in, those qualities start to rub off on you anyway, naturally. And then the second part of that is then people that, you know, would be in that mentor space. I form relationships with them that are, again, reciprocal, right? They're beneficial to me and they're beneficial to them. It's how can I help you? Because in getting with these mentors, these leading Black women in their respective fields, respective fields, what I find is a lot of those traits that they have, a lot of those opportunities just trickle down to me naturally, right? So I let's say I love to use Erica Pittman as an example, because when I was growing up, or coming up in the marketing game, there weren't many Black women that did marketing. Like there was DSMs and Erica Pittman right away that I can put a name and a face to. And then this was again in like maybe the early two, no, the mid 2000s, right? So it was like, okay, those were the only two faces I knew. 
And then I got to actually see their work. And I was like, this is amazing. An opportunity came where I actually got to meet Erica. And she became a colleague of sorts. And I spent time with her. And she was one of the people that gave me my first, one of my first marketing clients for curated media, right? It's getting time, making these authentic relationships and, you know, seeing her grow. And when people around you grow, you tend to grow as well. They're invested in you. They want you to do well. They want to see you succeed. And I think that also was me being able to work on certain habits, right? Like I'm a control freak. I know I am. And it's not known by people that don't know me um, very closely because I am very also like free spirited. But there are certain things that I, if I'm honest, like to manipulate, like I want a certain outcome. And I'm like, okay, I want this. I want this. I want this. I'm going to say I want it and I'm going to get it. What I've learned is that, and I've learned this one from Erica Pittman and through my other friends and, you know, just life, that a lot of times what I think that I want, if I just let it flow, I'll get something better. It's like that meme. I don't know if anyone's seen it. So it's like a little girl and she's had a teddy bear and she's like, but God, I want it. And then it's this like white Jesus, not my Jesus, but this white Jesus cartoon. And he has this huge teddy bear behind him. And he's like, no, listen, my child, I have something better for you. And I think that's my new journey, right? Like understanding when it's time to just let things flow, because I know that what's on the other side, if I do this right, is much bigger than this one thing I'm trying to control. Absolutely. So you dropped some major gems just now. So I just want to ask you one last question before we wrap up. If there is one major lesson that you would like to give our audience, what would it be? Okay. I think the major lesson would be to write down your goals and make them plain. And that's not just in business, that's in life. If your goal is to be healthy, write that down and write what that means to you. I don't know if it's because I'm a writer, but things just seem more concrete when you plan them out, when you have a bullet point, when it's not just this abstract idea. And it has helped me in my personal and my professional life. That would be my biggest lesson. You know, everything that you want, you can have. I truly believe that. You just need to really take some time to figure out what that means for you. You know, happiness isn't enough. What does happy mean today so that you can write it out and get it? And then I think the second part of that is be mutable, you know, be able to change because a lot of things that you think you want change so much along the journey. So just be open. Mm. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. You have anything to add? We're about to wrap this up. I'm so happy we got to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Um, I think also just one other thing I want to add is don't be afraid of change, even if that change is changing yourself. I think that we are programmed at a very young age to say at five, we want to do this and be this with this person and not change off of that. You know what I mean? At 18, you're supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life and declare a major. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows that 
changing and transitions are the best part of life, not the things to fear. The best things that have happened have come in the transitions in my life. So don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid to take them. Don't care about what other people may think. I think switching it up is really the best part of the journey. Well, thank you so much. Can you just leave our audience with your social media so they can come find you? Absolutely. My personal social media, it's Brittany Sierra on everything. So that's B-R-I-T-T-I-A-N-Y-C-I-E-R-R-A. And if you ever want some marketing tips, um, you want to just check in on the business, see how it's doing, you can follow Curated Media everywhere at C-U-R-H-T-E-D-M-E-D-I-A. On some social media platforms, it might be a underscore in there. But if you find Brittany Sierra, you'll also find Curated Media. And then I also have a podcast that I launched. It's called Living List Life. And it's all about the journey of life. You know how people have bucket lists. My co-host and I, Ariel, we have Living List. We write down a list of things that we want to do. Every week we make sure we do one thing. We challenge each other and our community to do it. And then we talk about the journey along the way. So definitely check that out at Living List Life on every social media platform as well. That sounds like a dope podcast. So I'm definitely going to check it out. Thank you. Definitely. Well, thank y'all so much for listening today. Make sure y'all go follow our social media pages, um, the 21 Minutes or Less podcast on YouTube, and then 21 Minutes or Less on Instagram and Facebook. And then make sure y'all follow our personal pages. Mine is at Keisha Milana. And mine is Miss Butterfly 21 M-I-S-S. And we'll see y'all on the next episode. All right. Bye. Thank you.